You are listening to episode 32 of the Less Stress, More Fun podcast, the center of attention. You are listening to the Less Stress, More Fun podcast. I'm your host, certified coach Lisa Schwaller. Each week, we talk about how you can rise above the stress of modern living so that you can focus your energy on what matters most. All right, let's get started. Hello, hello. In fact, I'm going to be very showy today and say, hello, darlings. Do you love being the center of attention? Perhaps you avoid it at all costs? Or is your preference somewhere in the middle or even it depends? In my coaching practice, I work with a lot of professional people in different work situations, both corporate or owning their own business. What topic that comes frequently, no matter the construct of the work environment, is discomfort about visibility. One of the prompts for this episode was a conversation I had with a longtime client. She is navigating a change from corporate to running her own business and was talking about leaving a legacy. I thought it was interesting the way, as I reflected on the conversation after the fact, that my mind was connecting these ideas about visibility and legacy, and especially as we um, show up in work or through other projects that we do. I thought about people that I know personally and from afar who seem to relish and even invite being the center of attention. And then I was thinking about people I know who seem to avoid or deflect attention. Whether it's they just don't want that from an ego perspective, or it may even make them physically uncomfortable to be the center of attention. Today, we're going to talk about these concepts. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm being visible here and putting myself here in front of you. Not quite sure how this journey is going to come together. But for reasons I'll explain as we go along, I'm actually okay with that. All right, my friends, let's go. Today, I'm going to cover ways to explore your beliefs about visibility and even self-trust, what it means to you to be admired, respected, leave a legacy, or other forms of mentally measuring your contribution. And then for you, practically, how to set up a mix of self-validation with a you know external feedback that would support you in creating what i always say is a less stress more fun life one of the core teachings i have is that you can't choose or manage what you don't yet see about yourself and in this way my work is really about slowing thinking down for that exploration And one of the analogies I use is that my work is like helping people move house mentally. We sort through all of the belongings, your thoughts and beliefs, and then we decide on purpose what thoughts and beliefs, if any, will go on to the next phase. So let's start there. Let's slow down and explore your beliefs about visibility or even self-trust. Imagine a six-month-old child. Do they feel self-conscious? If they're the center of attention, are they like, this is just really awkward? Probably not. Now, think of a three-year-old child. 
Now, by this age, kids have started to demonstrate comfort with being the center of attention. Some kids might love being the center of attention, and some might feel a little bit uncomfortable. We would maybe label that shy or outgoing. Some kids are super showy, drawing attention to themselves, but some seem like they want to be invisible. And uh, (laughs) as I was thinking about this podcast, I was wondering if Lady Gaga was already living for the applause, applause, applause when she was four, you know? (laughs) And of course, I've linked to that video in the show notes. Now, for you, consider your preferences when it comes to being visible, the center of attention, whether online or in real life. Are there environments where you feel really comfortable being visible compared to situations where you maybe will be more in the role of the observer and not want to be the center of attention? Ask yourself, why? If someone asked you to tell the story about how your preferences came to be, how would it go? Again, thinking about yourself as a child compared to your preferences as you're listening this to this today. My story or at least the story I told myself for years was that I preferred to be invisible when I was a child because it was a way to stay safe. I did a lot of therapy, like a lot, between my childhood and my 30s. And when you are in therapy, there's a lot of encouragement to tell your origin story. I remember memories of sitting in plush armchairs in busy living rooms, just willing myself to become invisible. I told and retold the story of being an observer, and I told and retold the reason that I was an observer is because my house was unpredictable. And I told this story so many times that I started to believe it was true, because it was, or was it? Was that the only way to tell the story? Because in high school, I was also in speech and debate and in theater. Even from a a young age, I loved public speaking, getting up in front of the class, doing presentations. And then in high school, I had a chance to do a a presentation in front of my entire school of 2,000 people. And that that didn't seem to match the story. I mean, this there was this like, oh, I was invisible and I was keeping myself safe. Did it seem to match up with the person who was like, give me a mic and a captive audience and watch out? <laughs> so I coached myself on it. What was the more expansive way for me to tell this story about myself to myself and then, you know, to others if they were curious? And then as I was coaching on this in my own mind and working with my own coaches on this, I realized that for me, being comfortable with visibility has a high correlation to self-trust. And, you know, self-trust, it's not like an object I can acquire. It's a decision I make about the relationship with myself. So let me unpack that a little bit. Why would I be relatively comfortable sitting here in front of this podcast mic or even in my camera, you know, my laptop camera for my weekly YouTube videos, or getting on stage? Yes, I might have the usual transition jitters, especially if it's in front of a group where I'm really maybe excited (laughs) or I don't know the people quite as well. But once I get comfortable, you know, like now that I've done all these YouTube videos, 
I just trust that it will be fun for me and that if I make an error, I'm just not going to make it mean anything. I'm not going to make it mean I did anything wrong or I'm a bad person. I realize that those experiences of being visible, being the center of attention, they're just temporary. And if I make a mistake, big deal, I'm learning. I mean, I routinely trip over my words on my videos and on this podcast, and I'm just as likely to laugh about it as I am to feel embarrassed. But in other circumstances, oh, being visible or, oh, gasp, being the center of attention is beyond uncomfortable. Why? What's different? Well, I think in those cases, it's because I'm likely to beat myself up if things don't go according to expectation. I might say, see, this is just like you. Oh, those are the situations where my inner mean girl is ready to pounce. But what about you? Now, this may be an interesting combination to make, but let's go there. After all, I'm just making it up as I go along, and I have a lot of trust that it'll come together in the end. So there's being the center of attention, where eyes are focused on you, and then there's the sense of being admired, respected, wanting to leave a legacy. So there's center of attention, like in that moment of presenting or leading a meeting. And then there's being the center of attention when someone is thinking of you, having a memory of you, or or complimenting a situation that's complete. It's almost like center of attention is present tense. Admiration, respect, and legacy is someone's opinion of something that's done. Note your answers to these questions. Is it important to you that people admire you, all people, or just certain people? And what does it mean to be respected anyway? Does this matter to you? Why? How does another person's admiration or opinion of respect improve the experience of your own life? And what does the word legacy mean to you? Do you want to leave a legacy behind? And if that is something you value, what exactly does that mean to you? Your own answers to these questions have so much to offer you. They're the basis of getting to know yourself better. And again, one of the primary premises of the work I do is that the more you understand yourself and you decide on purpose, the better able you are to manage your life, feel like its own, and have fun with it. Now, then go to the next layer down. Do these answers to these questions come from you? Or expectations that you've integrated in your self-concept? Like, is it really you or is it like the social you? And when you think of these situations of wanting to be admired, respective, leave a legacy, do you label those positive or is it negative, comfortable, uncomfortable, encouraging, discouraging? I want to offer that it seems like our social desire for admiration, respect, to leave a legacy, and other forms of seeking validation actually connects you in a very interesting way to how you feel, to your feelings, beyond your thoughts. Now, our culture values thinking, and yet we often make decisions for ourselves. We often have stories about our past or hopes for the future because of how we think those things will make us feel. Some of my clients find this drive for admiration and the search for external validation from others, it creates feelings of pressure, anxiety, 
insecurity and inadequacy. While others respond completely differently and they report feeling encouraged, purposeful, committed, even included. There are no right or wrong answers here. Just an opportunity for you to look at your current thinking, connect to those feelings that you're having currently, and deciding what you want to choose and bring forward on purpose. Now let's get practical. I want you to think about your self-validation and your external feedback. Think about the areas of your life where you would like to be more self-validating. This is where the primary or even only opinion of what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling is yours and yours alone. Then thinking about external feedback. From that perspective, you know, reflect on your life of whether there are areas where you want to show up more as the center of attention. And and just remember that other people's opinions are, well, it's their opinions. It's not yours. You don't need to integrate that unless you choose to. Decide on purpose whose opinions matter to you and in what situations. I'll give you a few examples that have worked for me personally and with my clients. As it relates to becoming the center of attention, that's that real-time people looking at you and performing, get coached on those situations where you tend to hold back because you're worried about something negative happening. Then decide in advance whether you're going to let other people's opinions matter and why. I have a list of people in my life that I will ask for feedback and guidance, and I set my mind, I decide in advance of asking them for their opinions, even small ones, how much I'm going to let it influence my choice. I have been known to ask, I already may have um, a decision or an idea of a decision, and I may ask for feedback or external validation only because they may see something I am not yet able to see. And sometimes I really want to know what they think because maybe I am trying to be pleasing for my own reasons, not to manipulate them. You can choose your own mix of when you're going to kind of self-validate, when you're going to ask for feedback. You can choose to learn from feedback without depending on it emotionally. You might feel more comfortable showing up as the center of attention when you're not emotionally dependent on getting admiration, respect, or feedback from others. You could do it just because you think it'd be awesome. Oh, the more I foster self-trust and the more I avoid letting other people's opinions of me affect my opinion of me, well, life just gets a lot more fun. <laughs> I just show up where and when I choose to, and I decide that I'm going to have a freaking blast. The same is totally available to you. To wrap up what we covered, we talked about ways you can get to know your own beliefs about visibility, whether it's being the center of attention. And then we also talked about, for you, what does it mean to be admired, respected, leave a legacy? Are those things you value and want to choose on purpose? And what does that look like in a way where you're still emotionally just dependent on, your, on you and what you get from others is just a bonus? And then, of course, that's deciding your mix of those things. 
whatever you choose for you, you get to make sure it's your choice and you get to decide if it's right for you. And when you're so connected to your own decision-making power, you can start to admire, respect, and support the way other people are making the choices for themselves. Are you ready for your homework? All right. Well, of course, in this episode, there were a lot of questions embedded in the episode that you can explore. But just to wrap it up, this week, I invite you to journal on how you feel about being visible, the center of attention, like in the moment, present, visible. You know, that could be showing up if you're a business owner, that could be showing up in your marketing. It could be showing up giving presentations, leading meetings, taking leadership roles. Also, journal situations where you notice that you seek admiration, respect, legacy, or what those things mean to you. Take some time to get yourself acquainted with your own thoughts on the subject. And as you look at like, oh, when I'm in the moment showing up and having people see me and form opinions about me, what do I want to choose for myself? What is going to propel me to become the person that I'm creating? Because every day we make decisions about what feedback to incorporate, when, where, and why. And making those decisions on purpose is powerful. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what you're learning, I'd love to have you as a member of the Less Stress, More Fun community on Facebook. Join me there to continue the conversation from the podcast. Plus, you'll get access to things I share only with community members. I'll talk to you next week.